and welcome to Egyptian Dream, the AFCON 2019 podcast brought to you here from Cairo by the team here at Planet Sport Football Africa. It is day 22 of Africa's finest tournament. I'm Liam Flint. I'm Tom Ellis. And Tom, we can officially say that we are done with the quarterfinal stage of AFCON. Bring on the semis. Yes, the quarterfinals are done and dusted and we have two days now to prepare for the semi-finals. Very excited for those. Lots to get through and I'm sure as you can hear, we're accompanied by the call to prayer in the background being a Friday morning here. Lovely and sunny as always, mid to high 30s. That's enough with the weather report. Let's get on to the football. So last night, Tom and I strolled off to a new stadium. It was very nice to get to a new part of Cairo, somewhere we haven't been before, to the Al Salam Stadium. And there we went to go and see surprise package Madagascar taking on the might of Tunisia. And safe to say, Tom, it didn't capture the imagination, did it? No, it didn't. Especially first half was really cagey, really tight and not a huge amount of chances at all uh, to speak of. Uh, the game grew into itself and in the second half, Tunisia showed themselves to be a more sort of professional outfit, I guess, of the two teams and showed some more signs of class that we, we're yet to have seen from them in this tournament, uh, but not the most exhilarating of games. But that doesn't matter. It's our job to deliver this podcast and we will make it exciting and sell you the dream of that game last night. But I think in Madagascan terms, this was probably a game too far. They've been such an amazing revelation. It's been a bit of a fairy tale for them so far. Getting to the quarterfinals of AFCON when they were ranked, of course, 108 in the world. So the ultimate definition of minnows. But it was just a bridge too far. They never really showed up for this one. Fatigue perhaps played a part and Tunisia perhaps only needed to be at 60% to beat them. 3-0 it finished, a scrappy game in truth. Madagascar never really looked like scoring so it felt like everybody in the stadium was purely waiting for Tunisia to step it up and find the back of the net and they duly did that. Tunisia's key player Sassi broke the deadlock via the backside of a Madagascan defender. After the break Tunisia upped the ante once again. Wabi Kazri the key playmaker for them had a shot saved but only palmed it out into the path of Msakni who couldn't miss and then things were put to bed in injury time as Madagascar threw bodies forward. Again it was that man Kazri catching Madagascar short at the back and teeing up Slitty to lift over the keeper and that was a comfortable passage for Tunisia through 3-0 on the night. Madagascar should be very proud but they didn't do themselves justice on the night. Any comments there, Tom? No, sad to see Madagascar's fairy tale come to an end, but Tunisia reaching their first AFCON semi-final since 2004. And we all got caught up a bit, didn't we, in, in the magic of Madagascar's debut performance at the tournament. But we've got to remember, as you said just then, Liam, this side ranked 108th in the world and began their AFCON campaign back in the preliminary rounds in March 2017 and also got to remember these players are players who, who largely play in the French lower leagues and in Thailand. Their head coach Nicolas Dupuis actually manages a French fourth tier side as well. Um, so to look at what they've done, how far they've come, we were sat next to the Madagascan fans who didn't seem to care at all uh, that they were losing or about their performance 
on the night last night and I'm sure those players will go home heroes and as we saw the reception from the fans to the players at the end of the game I think that view is justified but a much improved performance from that Tunisia side. Well, when you put it like that, Madagascar, they've just done really well, haven't they, to get this mm. far. Amazing when you put it into perspective. I think people have perhaps taken them for granted a little bit, but that is an amazing achievement, bearing in mind the level that these guys are playing at week in, week out. OK, from one game that was ultimately very scrappy with few flashpoints of quality, let's get to the early kickoff that saw Cote d'Ivoire face off against the Desert Foxes, which is Algeria. And this one was anything but boring, Tom, by the looks of it. No, we got to see glimpses of this game in the media centre and it really looked, in the bits that we saw, like it was end-to-end -end stuff. Uh, Algeria taking the lead through Sofiane Faguli. Uh, had a chance to make it 2-0 as well, but Baghdad Bunjar missed a penalty in the crossbar. And then Aston Villa's Jonathan Codger scored the equaliser for Cote d'Ivoire to take the game to extra time and then penalties that extra time period, really end-to-end -end stuff. Lots of chances there. And then the penalties. It just looked like neither team really wanted to win it. We had examples on both sides of clear-cut missed opportunity. Codger did score, but he did miss some open chances as well. We also had Max Gradle. He had one of his shots turned onto the post. And of course, as you said, Baghdad missed the penalty, hit the bar. So it would just seem destined to go all the way. Algeria coming through 4-3 on penalties. It was all going so well. Some clinical penalties. And then Wilfred Bonny, who, let's be honest, me and Tom have joked about this for a while, not had the best tournament as our Wilfred. He stepped up, didn't look particularly confident, nonchalantly side-footed a comfortable shot to the left of the keeper almost like a training exercise really and then that started the decline from there Algeria then messing up their penalty to win the whole thing by hitting the post but then the captain of the elephant Sarah Dia stepping up and screwing his onto the other post Algeria somehow fell over the line and they will go on to play Nigeria in a mouth-watering semi if you haven't had a chance to see the highlights of this game uh, do go and watch them and obviously watch that penalty shootout because the raw emotion and passion on display by the Algeria players in particular and coach Belmadi who couldn't watch at times is quite something. They're, they're in tears with emotion and you can really sense uh, the tension in the stadium during that penalty shootout. This really meant something to them and they seem like a group of players who were really together, really want this. Um, but there'll be lots of questions I think over coach Ibrahim Kamara's team selections for Cote d'Ivoire. And while they couldn't get the best out of their players, such as Nicolas Pepe and Wilfred Zaha, they showed glimpses of promise, obviously Zaha getting a couple of goals, um, but a lot of questions and a lot to work on for a young side with a lot of quality as they go forward, um, but a few questions as to why they couldn't get the best out of some of those players. Yes, lots of questions, and it was very interesting to note that both key players, you could say, Wilfred Zaha and Riyad Mahrez for Algeria, both got hooked off before 90 minutes were even completed, so they had no effect on the penalty shootout, which again, some would say that was a bit of a bizarre decision on both sides of the fence there. So there we have it. That's the end of the football quarterfinals. So we have Senegal taking on Tunisia and we have Nigeria taking on Algeria. Tom, at first glance there, how do you think these semi-finals could play out? I think these are going to be two really interesting games, actually. And I think 
Nigeria fans that we spoke to after their quarterfinal said they would prefer to have Algeria. Uh, they didn't fancy their chances against Senegal, so that's worked out well for them. I think we're going to see, and it's always tough to call, as we've seen. It's a lottery. Um, but I fancy Algeria and Senegal to make it through to the final. I think I agree with you, but I've also got a soft spot for Nigeria. So mm. I'm going to go Nigeria-Senegal for me. Nigeria definitely have it in the locker. If they pull it out the bag, um, if their top players perform and they really go at Algeria, then they definitely have it in the tank. But... I don't know. This For me, there's something about this Algeria side. OK, we've got a brilliant feature coming up for you now. Now, you may think that flying across to Egypt from another part of Africa labels a big commitment to seeing your team play at AFCON. We've seen thousands of fans, haven't we, Tom, do that so far in the competition. But how about this? We know someone whose commitment levels beat that hands down. Alvin Aluva Jakarta completed a Cape Town to Cairo road trip from one end of the continent to the other, all in the aid of AFCON. He left on the 21st of May and it took him 50 days to arrive. Now he's a massive Warriors fan. Of course, Zimbabwe went out quite a long time ago, but that doesn't matter. He just wanted to reach his destination and hopefully see the final. Planet Sport Football Africa producer Steve Vickers managed to catch Alvin after the South Africa-Nigeria game in midweek and he spoke to him about his dangerous journey and all of the adventure that he's been on. I'm feeling so proud. I'm so proud of myself. You know, I'm, I'm tired. But just when I got here to, to Cairo, I felt so invigorated, so energised, you know, so, so proud. I'm on top of the world. It's terrible that Bafana Bafana went on to lose the game, but that would have been a chair on the top. They won, but such is life, such is life. But people thought you were in real trouble. Actually, we were fearing for the worst for you, Aluva, because we didn't hear from you for days and days. Well, yeah, it, it is because uh, from Ethiopia, when I, when I left Ethiopia, internet, there was internet shutdown because there was some political instability in Ethiopia. Then I got to Sudan, internet was already, internet was shut down again in Sudan. So it, I really had problems to communicate, but uh, I'm sure on the 30th, 30th of, of June, I saw some guy there who had access to internet, So, but he was charging uh, 30 US dollars per hour. So I got on the net and I saw everyone, they were hashtag find Aluva, people were worried. So I tried to communicate with, with, with some people and I thought maybe the, the, the concerns uh, or the fear or the alarm had quelled down. But only to find out when I arrived, when I when I got on net, I saw it, it was awash on social media. People were worried. Yeah, indeed, it was not safe in Sudan because there are soldiers everywhere. There are some of the things that I cannot say here. But I I, I faced so many challenges, life-threatening challenges. But God was on my side. I was protected and I'm safe. And I managed to 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 get my visa, my Egyptian visa in. In Khartoum, and so I managed to travel, and I travelled safely. I think what that I'm here, uh, it is uh, by His grace that I'm here. Not that I am I'm clever or that I'm, I'm lucky. No, it's 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 it's, it's out of of His of His love, out of the, of His favour, out of His grace that I'm here. So much to say, but just give us a final word to people back home, Luva. If you have a dream, if you have a passion for something. 
favorite dream, go for it, pursue it until you get it. Uh, it may be delayed, but delay is not denial. So you have to, to persist, you have to be patient, you have to, to be strong. Because the, the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. An amazing story there from Aluva. What a guy, what a football fan. Uh, wish him all the best and not sure if he's figured out how he's going to get home yet. But we've seen him at the last couple of games we've been at, the Nigeria-South Africa game and last night with the Madagascar fans and he seemed to be having a great time. I think he's planning to fly home, that's the plan. Uh, I don't think he's got anything left in the tank for another road trip all the way down. Don't blame him, really. Absolutely. So, you've been getting in touch over social media and WhatsApp. Lamin Sise from The Gambia says, Much thanks goes to Madagascar after their loss. They've played well and had a very good tournament. I think they seem fatigued. Tunisia also showed them the experience that they have and I can't wait to see Team Senegal in the final. And Epratha Kamango from Malawi says Nigeria and Senegal done today. Ivory Coast and Tunisia, I hope so. If all fails, maybe Madagascar. So you're right with three. Nigeria, Senegal and Tunisia are through to the semi-finals and obviously Ivory Coast have gone out and Madagascar at the hands of Tunisia as well. So... Keep sending in those messages to us. Keep sending us your predictions now for the winners of AFCON 2019. You can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number to message us on is plus four four seven nine five five two three two seven eight zero. Now read that one again. Plus four four seven nine five five two three two seven eight zero. Okay, we've reached the end of Egyptian Dream, day 22 of AFCON. Do enjoy a rest today. Tomorrow as well is a football-free day. And then, of course, we come back together on Sunday for the start of the semi-finals of Africa Cup of Nations 2019. So do stay tuned. We'll be on the move today and tomorrow. We'll be bringing you the best of what we've been up to. So do stay with us. But until then, I'm Liam Flint. And I'm Tom Ellis. You've been listening to Egyptian Dream. Reporting to you here from Cairo on behalf of the Planet Sport Football Africa team and Egyptian Dream is a Passion for Sport production. See you tomorrow. See ya.